I have these sacred weekends. Nobody schedules over them, and they just say hunting on them. Let's celebrate the recovery of that amazing species and return the management back to the state of Montana like we did with wolves years ago. I want to make sure I bring the voice of common sense and reason that Montanans have to that discussion here in Washington. This is U.S. Senator Steve Daines from the great state of Montana, and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. I've been blessed to harvest 22 of the 29 North American animals with my bow. My personal 24-hour record for death threats is 88. They will start putting two and two together and realize this is how you call bulls in. So when I go hunting now, that's the ethos I take with me. You know, whatever, whatever this hunt is going to throw at you, you pull your big girl pants up and you get on with it. Giant bucks are freaking awesome. They're beautiful. But you know what? I would not trade this first puck for anything in the world. So I'm really, I'm a geek. Magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> I shit you not, man. I'm the biggest dork in the gun business. I'm Freddie Hartice, Hollywood Hunter. This is Aaron Snyder. Hey, this is Trevin Stoltzfus with Outback Outdoors. This is Rihanna Carey. Hi, this is John Sloan of the Interviews with the Haunting Masters. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative, brought to you as part of the Waypoint Podcast Network. Y'all, I've got him back on. I'm super excited to have the one and only Senator Steve Daines of our great state of Montana here on the line with me. Senator, thank you so much for uh, joining me again. Hey, Sam, I've been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) You know, we got... I'm really glad we were able to get you on because, uh, you know, we kind of had to cut it early a little bit last time, uh, you know, never get to never get to rest over there. <laughs> so got called off to a, got called off to a vote. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, we're just coming off of archery season now. And we I think just this last weekend, we kicked off rifle here in Montana. So first and foremost, before we hop on to anything else, I want to know how your season has been so far. Well, remember, we kicked off rifle uh, just last Saturday, mm-hmm. but two Saturdays before we kicked off rifle for antelope and yep. uh, we, we put in for, we have for, for nearly 20 years, we put in for the 700 district, which is Eastern Montana. And it was one of the first years where we didn't draw very well as a family. I normally always <laughs> get my antelope tag. I didn't draw. My daughter didn't draw. My son-in-law didn't draw, but oh, my man. wife drew. My wife, Cindy drew. So it was all hands on deck to be glassing for Cindy. So we went out opening day. And uh, for those who are hunting uh, antelope in Montana, if you were out in the eastern side of the state, we had rain. We even had some snow in, in the southeast part of the state. We hunt between Forsyth and Roundup. And we had a great hunt. And my, uh, my sweetheart made a, a great 318-yard shot. We had a good prone. At least he was laying down. Uh, good prone shot, bipod down, and got some pricklies in her knee. I mean, it was all in, right? You got to get some pricklies <laughs> in your knees if you're, unless you're, uh, if you're doing a real antelope hunt. And she made a great shot and got a nice little buck. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, uh, I've unfortunately, because uh, we were just talking right before this, I just moved. I made the smart decision to move right in the middle of archery season. <laughs> and, so I've been out a whole one time, but I'm really counting on, on rifle season <laughs> this yeah, year too. Well, you know, I, and I, I typically for deer and elk, I like to get out a little later in the season. I, uh, I mean, I, I like to get out any time, but I have to prioritize my calendar because, you know, people want to schedule mm-hmm. things at different times, but my team knows here in Washington, 
and my schedule, I have these sacred weekends. Nobody schedules over them and they just say hunting on them. And <laughs> we're, we're going to be headed out. I like to hunt uh, for muleys and sometimes whiteys there in the middle of November when the ruts start to kick in. And then the elk hunting, usually we kick it in as the snow comes a bit to get those elk moving down our way. Uh, so usually the November, the back half of November is usually my elk season. Yep. I've definitely, I've definitely got to learn the new area, figure out where the, where the public land is, where the hunting is around here. That's my kind of new adventure as I'm up in this part of the state. Well, you're in a great part of the state, Sam, as uh, we were talking a bit earlier. I, uh, when I was going to school at Montana state a long time ago, uh, my, my study partner, I was studying chemical engineering and he was a year ahead of me in college, but he was from Haver. And so uh, he, he ended up being the best man in our wedding. So I, I have a lot of great memories of, of that part of our state. My great, great grandma homesteaded east of Conrad, which is a bit away from there, but it's kind mm -hmm. of that general part of Montana, which is still, still the real Montana, which is kind of getting harder to find sometimes in parts of our state. It's, you know, my chance to kind of run around the town here uh, and get to know a few people has just been an absolutely amazing and you know, I, I love being in the Gallatin Valley. It's beautiful there. You have so much access to everything there, but as we all know, it's getting, getting a bit crowded <laughs> down there and a bit yeah. expensive. Um, yeah. It, well, expensive, I think is an understatement, Sam. I, you know, uh, Bozeman's been my home since 1964. So I was a year old when my folks moved back to Montana my folks grew up in Montana and they moved back when I was a year old. So I went to kindergarten through high school and college there in Bozeman. So I've watched that market and boy, Sam, it's getting pretty spendy, uh, whether you're renting or trying to buy. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to, I'm, I'm one of the guilty ones, one of the Californians coming out <laughs> to visit, but I have officially, I feel like adopted Montana and fallen in love with this, this absolute great state. It's the best place on earth as far as I'm concerned. Well, well Sam, I got to tell you, and for those who are listening, because we've got a lot of new Montana residents and I just, uh, my view is I, we welcome the new folks moving into Montana. We just don't want them to change it. Just keep it. You know, we, we want to preserve and protect uh, what we have that's made this place so special. And, uh, and I also, we want to encourage more hunters. We, we need to continue to expand, you know, that sport, because as you know, the numbers are actually declining, not going up and getting those, you know, next generation passionate about, about hunting and fishing. Absolutely. And I think that's, what's so important is that, we have something so valuable out here and that people that come out to experience that make sure you act in a way that's in accordance with that and, and preserves that. I think that's critical for everyone, all of us to remember wherever we go. It really is. And, you know, we're seeing, uh, you know, some of the larger ranches are starting to transfer ownership that might have been generationally in a, in a Montana family. We're seeing some out-of-staters come in and buy some of our large ranches. And, you know, my, my hope and prayer is that they will, you know, they'll keep the Montana handshake going forward here, which is you know, allowing access to responsible hunters, because uh, we're going to have to to manage our game populations. Uh, you know, we're going to we're seeing more of these shoulder seasons on elk mm -hmm. because uh, we, if, if we're not taking we need to be taking more elk in most places across our state. Well, and that's one of the that's one of the amazing things about about Montana is is our our extended seasons, too, and those shoulder seasons. I mean, effectively, I mean, we can hunt elk in certain places from beginning of September all the way through, I think, February at some points. 
Yeah. It, you know, I, my, uh, my son and I uh, killed cows on the shoulder season here a couple of years ago. And I mean, it was it, one, it was, it was Christmas Eve morning. It just didn't <laughs> seem right. You're shooting a, shooting a cow elk on Christmas Eve morning. Another night it was literally on new year's Eve <laughs> with the shoulder seasons. And I can tell you, it's one of the coldest uh, guts I've ever done. Your hands are <laughs> awfully cold there. By the time we got done dressing that elk out, my hands were real cold. I was going to say, that's how you, that's how you lose a finger and don't even realize until you're halfway back packing <laughs> <Yeah>, out. <laughs> I oh, when, when I've got my sharp Havilon there, getting in there, when I'm going for uh, uh, inside, uh, you can lose a finger pretty fast, what, even when it's warm out with how sharp those things are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get out, see this area, get some late, later season hunting in. And Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The last time we chatted, we... Um... You know, we talked a little bit about your vision for Montana and, and moving forward. And, uh, you know, a lot's happened. And I, I think we talked back in March and has, has happened since then. Um, you know, we originally talked about um, Halland for the, uh, I want to say, the Secretary of the or Department of the Interior. But, you know, a lot of other stuff has come up. Uh, you've been fighting for us as Montanans and for sportsmen and outdoorsmen across the United States. Um, you know, we've had uh, Tracy Stone Manning come up to to lead the BLM and, and you know, you fought for us uh, against her nomination. And, you know, there's lots of other issues in whether it's grizzly delisting, whether it's uh, forest management, whether it's um, opening the Canadian border or even just the congestion in our national parks. You know, what are what are some of these issues that you really see facing sportsmen in the U.S. and especially Montanans. Yeah, well, I uh, I like to always bring it back home to the state that we love so much, Montana. What I'm hearing from Montanans, because at the end of the day, there it's Montana who sent me back here, and that's who that's who my ears are tuned into. 
But a couple of issues he's brought up there that uh, we're passionate about at the moment, certainly on forest management. You know, we saw what happened this past summer, Sam, with, uh, you know, we had drought, we had high temperatures, and we just saw a lot of smoke in Montana throughout most of the summer. And so we've got to do a much better job of, of stopping some of these serial far left environmentalists, environmental groups who are litigating a lot of our common sense timber thinning projects. Because we're in the Ninth Circuit Court, which of course is a, it's a California court. They're out of touch with where most Montanans are. They tend to side with these extreme groups and they litigate and stop these timber management uh, projects, which are good for wildlife. You know, you thin the forest, you get better grass growth on the forest floor for elk and deer. Uh, it helps to protect the watersheds from catastrophic wildfires. It helps create jobs in a lot of our counties that are struggling. Uh, and so, and then lastly, of course, is it reduces the risk of catastrophic wildfires. So we've been fighting, fighting on that good fight, Sam, for Montanans. And then on grizzly bears, boy, it just seems like that problem is just getting worse and worse. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you spe- talk to the bow hunters just come out of the field here in the last, last uh, month or so. Boy, we've just had more grizzly encounters. There's The good news is the bears have recovered. We're well above the recovery targets. Let's celebrate the recovery of that amazing species and return the management back to the state of Montana like we did with wolves years ago. I think it's so critical because at this point, it almost seems like, well, hunting season in Montana hasn't started until you hear about the first grizzly attack. It's, yeah. it's insane the number of, of encounters we're having nowadays. And as you said, the, the numbers have recovered. Now let's actually manage these species in a wise fashion uh, like we've done with so many other animals well i tell you sam i have a lot more confidence in the people of montana managing these species than i do the feds and uh and i i mean i remember as a kid growing up our grizzly populations they were a lot smaller less than a couple hundred you know now in the greater yellowstone ecosystem we're north of 750 bears and the recovery target's 500. So we're way over it. And then you look on the, the uh, uh, Continental Divide there along the, the Rocky Mountain front there, the Bob, uh, we're way over targets, well over 1,000 bears. And it's, it's the right thing to do for the bears, for, to manage them. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do, of course, for the people of Montana, because we're going to have more and more conflicts. Let's celebrate the fact that the bears have recovered and let the state of Montana manage that species. Well, and, you know, we just we see it because those bears are going to die one way or the other. Let's face it, whether it's through lack of food, through encounters with human beings where fishing game ends up having to put them down for one way or another, uh, whether it's disease, overpopulation, none of that. These bears don't die in peaceful, happy ways. Like people seem to think they do. Uh, so if we could, if we were able to open that up, we were able to hunt them, harvest them ethically, and uh, humanely, then, you know, it, it would make a huge difference, huge difference for our wildlife. Well, you know, you think about, and I agree with that, Sam, the, the uh, you know, one of our top economic drivers in Montana's agriculture, and you look at the predation losses we see with our livestock producers, it's now, it's grizzly bears. It used to be wolves, but it's grizzly bears now, the number one predation loss for our livestock producers and you look at the human safety um, challenge we face, you talk to families that live along the Rocky Mountain front, you know, uh, just to the, to the west of Great Falls, and that Augusta, Shoto, Bynum area, and so forth. 
boy, you know, they, they have to, they can't let their kids walk to the, to the bus stop. They have to literally put them in the pickup and drive them up because of grizzly bears. And, 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 you know, you've got, you've got a situation where parents aren't sleeping well at night because they're worried about the safety mm-hmm. of their families, their livestock. And, and that's why something's got to give here. There's just a lot of bears and, uh, and it's time to delist them. They're well over the targets. Let the, let the science drive that conversation, not, not you know, politics of folks back here in D.C. who are out of touch with what's going on, on the ground in Montana. Well, I think it all every every argument we make when it comes to uh, comes to hunting in this fashion is let the let the science decide. Let the the people who study this are, are have invested their lives into this. Make these decisions, not emotions, not not politicians trying to make a statement. I think that is so critical in all the decisions we make when it comes to the outdoors and hunting and fishing. Sam, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, and that's why I want to make sure I bring the voice of common sense and reason that Montanans have to that discussion here in Washington. And, you know, what happens on these, on these decisions, we're battling folks who live a long ways away from the West. Uh, they, they come from urban centers and, uh, they just don't understand how we as Montanans understand that balance. I mean, Montanans, I think we're, it's, it's wonderful. We've got this amazing, uh, apex predator, the grizzly bear. I mean, it's amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. We, and and it's, 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 a, it's a symbol of strength. Lewis and Clark wrote about them when they came out. Uh, but you've got to manage the species. Let's celebrate the recovery and let the state of Montana manage them. Absolutely. And so I know, I know we're limited, uh, limited on time here. Um, so, I, you know, I kind of want to wind down just with maybe some final thoughts on, on, just your your vision for Montana, you know, moving moving into this next year. You know, we're we're nearing the end of the year. What um, what are you excited about? What do you see for Montana in uh, in twenty twenty two? Well, I, I think our future in Montana is really bright. We, we've got our challenges. We talked about it: the cost of living, uh, energy prices going up, housing prices going up, and you know, most Montanans, um, they're battling, maybe live on a fixed income or limited income resources. And so we know we have some challenges, but I tell you, I mean, our state's been discovered and there's a reason because it's such an amazing place. I, you know, they talk about winning the birth lottery. You know, I, I'm glad when I picked my great, great grandma, when she homesteaded out there in Montana, I didn't get to pick her. <laughs> she picked Montana, not me. And I'm just grateful that we get a call Montana, whether you were born and raised there or moved there, it's home. It's a really special place. You know, Cindy and I, we backpacked 41 miles in the Beartooth Wilderness in late August and then up around Labor Day. Up in the high country lakes, we got up to the highest fishery in the state of Montana, over 10,800 feet. And as long as my knees keep working, my lungs keep working, and I can still carry a pack, uh, I'm going to keep doing it. And it, it's why we love to call Montana home. And so it's important we fight to protect that and also ensure we've got access uh, and we have got common sense in managing this amazing gift we've all been given here, which is our public lands in Montana. Awesome. Well, Senator Danes, I really appreciate you taking the time. Excited to have you back on here and uh, looking forward to uh, maybe connecting again next year. Looking forward to it, Sam. Thanks for all you do as well to, to tell the story of Montana. Absolutely. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com and get links to everything we talked about today's episode. 
really just want to say thank you to Senator Danes for taking the time to uh, hop on. He's a very busy guy, has a very limited schedule, and uh, I just had a great time talking with him. Make sure y'all give him a follow on social and see um, all of his adventures with his family and everything he's doing for the great state of Montana. But y'all, that'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to the Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. 